1160 The Quest welcomes you to Legislation Made Simple. Keeping you informed on political issues, primarily legislative issues in the Georgia General Assembly, but also some national issues that implicate the teachings of the church. Issues that are critical to restoring and protecting a culture that enables families to flourish and the kingdom of God to advance. Legislation Made Simple will also let you know how to get involved, how to get to know your state representatives and senators, and most importantly, how you can affect policy. Your hosts are Patty DeCraney and Jane Robbins. Jane is a retired lawyer, formerly with a D.C.-based organization called American Principles Project. Jane worked at the Georgia legislature and has maintained her connections there, so she's plugged in under the Gold Dome. Now let's begin Legislation Made Simple. Hello and welcome to Legislation Made Simple. My name is Patty DeCraney and my co-host is Jane Robbins. Hello, Patty. There is a lot of action going on under the Gold Dome. Some good bills and some bad. Some that appear to be good, but after digging into the bill, we find otherwise. Our goal with the show is to keep you informed. And if there is a bill that directly affects you, your children and your family... We try to give you the tools to affect the path of these bills. We'll be talking about this today, and we'll give you an update on several bills that implicate the teachings of the church and may affect you and those you love. As always, we begin with the prayer to the Holy Spirit and reading Holy Scripture. Together, let's pray, Jane. Come, Come Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit, fill the hearts of, of your faithful, faithful and, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. And Holy Scripture for today is 1 Corinthians six, twelve and 13. Everything is lawful for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is lawful for me, but I will not let myself be dominated by anything. Food for the stomach and the stomach for food. But God will do away with both the one and the other. The body, however, is not for immorality, but for the Lord. And the Lord is for the body. Yeah, that's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot and there's a lot going on. And uh, we're going to start off talking about the gambling bills. Um, We had a guest speaker on. Um, a couple weeks ago, Professor Kent, and he said that sports gambling, sports gambling is the doorway to bring in all other types of gambling. Right now in Georgia, gambling is not legal. They are trying ferociously to make gambling legal. Professor Kent also mentioned that there was a 10-year study on before and after a city introduces and makes gambling legal. Crime increased by 9%. Jane, would you just start us off on what's going on with the gambling bills? Well, Patty, as we discussed, the, the Catholic Church does not teach that gambling in all its forms is bad, that it's a sin. But it does teach that anything that becomes an addiction or that becomes something that interferes with our relationships with God, with our responsibilities to our family and to other people, 
is a sin, and the the kind of gambling that that these bills address in many cases falls into that category, I think. So that's why we're talking about it. Now, there are, are three gambling bills. Well, as we speak, uh, this is the de- right now, um, they, they're dropping bills like crazy over there. So right now, there are three gambling bills. They deal with, all three deal with sports betting. One of them adds horse racing to it. Right now, there are no casino bills, but, you know, that could change by the time we get out of here. And they've had various hearings and all kinds of things are going on. Um, and, and I think that for our listeners, that it's best not to get bogged down in all of the the minutia of these bills and which bill does what and which one's in the Senate and which one's in the House. I think that if right. you're going to contact your representative or your senator, you just want to express your opinion about the gambling bills that, okay. you know, um, that you could say, if, if this is your opinion, that that you oppose the expansion of gambling in Georgia. And, you know, that, and that covers everything, whether it's sports betting or casinos or horse racing or whatever. But right now, these things are, are moving so fast, and the, the sports betting clearly has the most impetus behind it right now. And there's a, a bill this afternoon that's going to be heard in committee. This is... we're. On February 23rd, this is Thursday. And so that one is going to be heard. Other bills have already been heard, and there haven't been votes taken yet on them. And it's not clear at this time whether they're going to take more testimony or whatever. But it's all a roiling mass of of maneuvering going on there right now. And so if you want to make your opinion known, just refer to expanded gambling as, as a whole rather than trying to focus on each individual bill. And do we want to have our listeners try to contact the committee heads or just contact their representative? I would suggest that listeners contact their representative in the House and their senator because these some bills are in one chamber and some are in the other. At some point we will have, very soon we will have um, a resource up that people can go to the individual committees if they want to and call those people. But for now, contact your rep and your senator. Okay. Thank you, Jane. Then we have bills that are education bills. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, the education bills, there's, there's, you know, a thousand flowers are blooming here, some good and some not. Um, the There is one called SB 88, which attempts to prevent teachers from discussing personal sexual issues with students um, without parental consent. There are problems with the bill. There are amendments going on. We haven't seen any new drafts, and so we don't know what's happening with that bill right now. It's in the Education and Youth Committee in the Senate. There is a bill um, from Senator Dolezal from Forsyth County, SB1, which prohibits the COVID vaccination mandates by schools and gov- other government entities. That one has passed the Senate. It's now in the House before the House Public Health Committee. And okay. so um, there's been no hearing on that. So um, Representative Cooper needs to give that bill a hearing. Um, there are some uh, other bills that have not taken off yet uh, about sex education and that sort of thing. They haven't gotten a hearing. And so we're, we're following that just to see if what, what comes from that. Okay. There is a bill that, uh, a couple of bills that deal with giving sixth grader parents information on recommended 
adolescent vaccines, and one of our guests talked about this, including the HPV vaccine, which is not required and shouldn't be in the bill. But um, that bill is still out there. It has not passed yet. It hasn't come to a vote. HB 338 is a bill that was heard this week in the Education Committee in the House. It mandates policies to attempt to prevent students from accessing inappropriate websites with the the school um, technology. Uh, There were some problems with that bill. They had a hearing the other day. There was testimony from some parents saying that they were concerned about some aspects of it, which might lead to the government, meaning the school, tracking their kids and what they were doing. And so there are amendments going on. I think it passed with an amendment to get rid of that. So it passed the committee in in the um, in the House, and so it would now go to the full House, but, which means, of course, that it's in the Rules Committee. And the okay. Rules Committee is the gatekeeper that that can decide to send a bill on to the floor of the House or it can kill it. Okay. So right now, HB 338, the, the school tech bill, is in the Rules Committee. So is that a bill that we would get behind, Jane? It sort of sounds like it, but then there's also some issues with potentially tracking. Well, I think my understanding is, and I would have to see the current version, and these things change so fast, I think they deleted the lines of the bill. There was an amendment that deleted the lines of the bill that were a problem, okay. I think. So it is it, something we could get behind? If, if Yes, if it, um, if it in fact does not involve tracking students and it just requires schools to have some sort of filter okay. that would try to keep out the highly inappropriate material that kids could access through their school right. digital um, devices. Yes, that's something that we would Okay, so that's not, that doesn't have anything to do with the porn obscenity in the libraries. No, that does not. Okay, that this is not. just in accessing tech. Yes, there is a bill that in the Senate that would affect porn and obscenity in school libraries. And it's very simple. All it would do is to strike the exemption that currently exists in Georgia law Mm. for school libraries, that school libraries are allowed to provide obscenity to children. This is unbelievable. (laughs) It sounds weird, but that's the way it is. Very weird. There's a long story behind that, how that all happened (laughs) decades ago. But anyway, Mm. there is a bill, Senator Dolezal in the Senate, to to strike that exemption so that school libraries could not contain obscenity. That bill hasn't gone anywhere yet, but mm-hmm. it has been introduced. Okay. And the committee chair of all of these bills is Sharon Cooper? No, no. Sharon Cooper is the one who deals with, um, well, the VAX mandate bill is okay. in her because she's head of the public health committee of the, of the House. Okay. Most of these bills would be in one subcommittee of the Education Committee, and Chris Irwin is the chairman of the Education Committee. Okay. And just back to the gambling for a minute, is there somebody that's overseeing that? Well, you mean the committees? Yeah. The the committees are, there are actually three committees involved. One is Economic and, and economic Development and Tourism in the okay. Senate. There's okay. one Regulated Industries in the mm. Senate. Both of those are dealing with, with gambling bills. And in the House, it's because they supposedly are going to put the funds into the lottery, it's in the Higher Education Committee. Oh, okay. So, 
just call your representative as well as your senator. Yes. Right. Okay. If there's anything that's touching your heart at this moment, it might affect you or those that you love. All right. We're going to move into some of the bills that are associated with the trans phenomenon. Um, We have a speaker, a guest speaker, an, an upcoming show. His name is Dr. Quentin Van Meter, who is a pediatric endocrinologist and spoke to this phenomenon. And there's two bills that have been dropped and are in process. And one of them involves puberty blockers. Actually, they both involve puberty blockers. And we are going to give you just a short listen to what Dr. Quentin Van Meter has said about the puberty blockers. We know how important the hormones of puberty are. They're both a, a, to block the natural process of, of human puberty, to, to put it off, and then sort of throw in cross hormones to imitate the other side. We have absolutely no idea about the long-term effects. We do know that in kids with very, very delayed puberty, and particularly the females, they, their bone density is profoundly less and never, never recovers. Okay, Patty, there are two bills that deal with so-called gender-affirming treatment for children who are confused about their sex. Gender-affirming treatment involves essentially three states, well, four, if you count social affirmation, which is calling the child by the wrong name or the wrong pronoun. But the, the medical interventions are in three categories. One is puberty blockers to keep the child from going through natural puberty. The second is wrong sex hormones, giving the the child the the wrong hormones so that he will start to look more like a girl or she will start to look more like a boy. And the third is the surgeries that mutilate the child. There are two bills in the Senate that deal with this. They're 141 and 140. Now, let's talk about 141 first. This is in the Health and Human Services Committee, as as is the other one. The 141 is the more comprehensive bill. It would prohibit any of this stuff on minor children on the theory that a child is in no position to be making decisions that would affect his or her body for life. And the, the 141 would prohibit anyone from administering puberty blockers or wrong sex hormones or surgery on a minor patient. The other bill is SB 140. This bill was heard in committee yesterday as we are taping Mm. this. Okay. The SB 140 is much more limited. Originally, it said only it would prohibit the surgeries, but not the puberty blockers and the wrong sex hormones. Mm. Now, my understanding from reading the current version this morning was that they have now added hormones to that, that they, but it's, the way it's worded, it's not clear exactly what it prohibits. Um, there are problems with this bill. The main problem being that it's intended to replace the comprehensive bill that would really be protective of children. So both of these bills are in the Health and Human Services Committee in the Senate. Um, 140, the one that is less protective, passed yesterday. I don't know what that means for 141. If that if that one is dead, I don't know what they're going to be doing with that. But 140 passed to prohibit only 
so-called hormone replacement therapy and surgeries, and that has gone to the Rules Committee. That's my understanding of what happened okay. yesterday evening. So what what's the comprehensive? The comprehensive that- one is more protective because it would also prohibit so-called doctors from giving puberty blockers to children to prevent them from going through natural puberty. And where, where is that bill? Is that, we don't know. That's, oh, that's that, the one. There, 140 came in probably as a way to, to diminish the effects of 141. Oh, Got to remember that the, there okay. is so much money behind all of this in the right. gender clinics and right. the big hospitals, right. and, and, and they don't like any of this. But they would rather have a bill that that still allows them to do some of it rather than a bill that tells them they can't do any of it. Mm. So SB 141 is a comprehensive one. That's the comprehensive bill. Okay. So the, the message would be, if you're talking especially to your senator, um, that you would prefer to have the comprehensive protective bill which is 141, okay. rather than 140. Now, all kinds of things can happen. If 140, which is the less protective bill, passes the Senate and goes to the House, it could still be amended to put in the the okay. more comprehensive protection. But for right now, that's where we are. Okay. But when it gets into the Rules Committee, too, they could also make some changes, right? Rules Committee doesn't usually do that. Usually okay. it's just a up or down. Okay. Them. Well, we'll keep you posted on what's going on with that bill and also you can go to your Georgia General Assembly site. What is that again? That is L E G I S for legislator um L E G I S dot G A dot gov. Okay. It's a good site. If you want to see what's happening with the bill, go to that site, click on the top left hand, it will say laws and legislation or maybe legislation and laws. I can't remember. Click on that and then you can can plug in the bill number, either SB or HB, and the bill number, and it'll tell you what's going on. You can read the current version and see what the status is. All right. And there's no upcoming hearings because it was yesterday, right? Well, that one was yesterday. There could be hearings at any time. Any time. They can okay. always decide. It all it depends okay. on what the chairman wants to do. It depends on what sort of pressure is, is okay. coming one never knows okay. what would happen to it. All right. And remember, if there is a hearing, if you're following it, that you can go down and you could testify. Absolutely. All right. Um, and don't forget about taking your representatives for lunch <laughs> <laughs> at any time. During the session, I don't know if you have to file a lobbyist report. Probably not. But um, they probably don't have time for lunch during the session. But you can certainly um, call them and, and you can certainly go down there and talk to them on the rope line that you can Okay, and and the rope line is what's outside of of what's outside of the chambers. And so in the mornings, you know, you can send a actually you can do that in the Senate. You cannot do that in the House. For some reason, they haven't gotten rid of their their covid requirements there yet. But in the Senate, you can pull your senator out of of the chamber and he'll talk to you. Okay, perfect. Now there's a couple more bills. Yeah, um, there's one that was just introduced last week. This was by. Um, Senator Ed Setzler, who was the author of the Heartbeat Bill, by the way, this is called the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. And uh, Senator Setzler is now a senator. He was a, a representative when he did Heartbeat. But this is SB 180, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which was introduced year after year after year and finally passed about five years ago. 
And then um, Governor Deal vetoed it, so, which is why we're back to square one on this. All it would do is to to mirror federal law, which says that the government cannot um, burden your exercise of your religion unless it shows a compelling state interest to do that and that there's no other way to achieve the government goal rather than telling you that you can't do what you want to do under your faith. The example that came up in the Supreme Court case was um, that this was a case of, of some Native Americans out West who were smoking peyote oh, right. as part of their religious <laughs> liturgy or whatever you would call it. And um, and that violated state law against drugs, and they got prosecuted for it, so it went to the Supreme Court. Anyway, the, the whole result of that was something called the Religious Freedom Restoration Act in Congress, which said that that the government, the government, if they have a compelling state interest, they can tell you what you can or cannot do in your faith, but they've got to be able to sh- – it's a very high standard. It's called strict scrutiny, and they have to show that there's no other way they could achieve this, and this is a compelling interest. So that is the law under the the federal Mm -hmm. system. However, that does not apply to state law. And so in Georgia, we have no such such protections. So as a matter of fact, the people who have the most religious freedom in Georgia are inmates in federal prisons. No. Yes, because the federal law applies to them. Oh, state law doesn't. Oh my gosh, doesn't. Okay. So, uh, since that was vetoed by Governor Deal those years ago on the Monday after Easter, I remember it well. Senator Setzler has reintroduced that that bill, and it just mirrors the federal law. And the the federal law passed in Congress ninety nine to one, and oh. Bill Bill Clinton signed it. Okay. So this should not be controversial, but it is controversial because the attempt is being made to restrict the exercise of religion as much as possible. So Senator Sessler has introduced SB 180. It's in the Judiciary Committee, and nothing has happened with it yet. We don't know what will happen with it. Uh, We don't know what the... The, um, the powers that be will do with it. We do know that a couple of years ago, Governor Kemp said he would sign a bill that mirrored the federal law. Okay. So if it passes, he has already said he will sign it. Okay. So that's who, what do we do? You can call your senator. Um, you could call or you could contact the people on the Judiciary Committee. The chairman is Brian Strickland. And uh, again, you can find this information on their website, on the legislative website, and ask uh, Rep, um, Senator Strickland to give the bill a hearing. Okay. Was there anything else, Jane, that was... that? There are other things out there. Those are the things that are the, getting the most attention right now and most likely to go somewhere. So um, there's going to be, I think, based on what was reported in the AJC, there's going to be another mental health bill from Speaker John Burns but as of this morning, I didn't see that he's dropped that bill yet, so I don't even know what that is. So there are a lot of people down there who are working on things and trying to keep an eye out. So um, for right now, just any of these issues that you're very concerned about, either for yourself and your family or for your state and your culture, um, call your representative and call your senator and give them your opinion. All right. Thank you, Jane. 
Would you like to go ahead and close us in prayer? Yes, I'll be happy to. Our Father, we thank you, especially as we are early in our Lenten season. We're called during this time to look more deeply into our lives, into what we're doing and what we're not doing, and to try to deepen our relationship with you. We pray for all of the legislators under the Gold Dome who are dealing with these issues, all those who are making decisions. We pray that they would be guided only by your will and your Holy Spirit. And we pray that all Catholics would get involved, that they would make a phone call, that they would go down and talk to their representative or their senator, that they would just let the word of God be heard in the legislature because sometimes it seems as though the contrary narrative is the one that gets the most attention and has the loudest voices. God, we know that you are in control. Your will will be done. And we bless you and thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been Legislation Made Simple, keeping you informed on political issues with your hosts, Patty DeCraney and Jane Robbins. Listen again next week at the same time for Legislation Made Simple on AM 1160, The Quest.